1: All right. It's one o'clock. Um, right now. I'm Dan Nathan. That. You're Guy Adami. We do trading spaces every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. It's sponsored by CME Group. CME Group is the sponsor of our podcast called On the Tape that drops on Fridays. We do that with our good friend Danny Moses. Danny was on the podcast or on trading spaces with us on Monday. Uh, we had a fun talk about markets. They were trying to kind of find their footing guy after a really <laughs> ugly Friday afternoon. Um, it looks like you've been using this word a lot. I think you really like it. It's like one of those ones that kind of rolls off your tongue a little bit. But it's also, I think there's a little El dente sort of thing to it. You're saying a detente. detente. There you go. Detente. Give it to me. So yep. What's going on here? Is, is,
0: well is, I mean come on people they taunt my ass we're getting played like a Stradivarius um, It's a, and, and that's just listen I mean we set ourselves up for this collectively this has been in the works for literally decades and now it's all coming to roost so I've said it for a while and this is not me in a vacuum Dan and you know that I've been saying it since October that this shit was going to get real and it was probably going to happen after the Olympics so I missed it by a week but here we are and You know, you see the pullbacks in energy when the story seems to sort of um, calm down a bit. You see it elevate back up when fundamentals come into play, because that's really what's been driving it in the first place in terms of oil. And I think the geopolitical risk is not being taken into consideration in the market. And oh, by the way, Dan, there's still that um, potential for China and Taiwan to heat up post-Olympics. So it's a bit of a shit show out there, I will say. And again, I think the market is extraordinarily vulnerable. I know the last two days have been great. If you've been long, good for you. Um, today, not so much. Not
1: so much. Um, well, it's, it's just, listen, it goes back to you and I've been doing this a long time. and And, and most of the time... You know these sort of geopolitical events—they don't end up being huge market events unless they're a huge surprise guy. I mean, like that's that's the one thing you know I would say about that. So you know, w- unless there's some full-scale invasion and then there's crippling, you know, um, sanctions and you know, I, I just don't really see it being a thing. That one of the things I do see is that exasperating if you were in the camp that you thought we were going to get to kind of peak inflation and and, and we're going to see some of the supply chain issues kind of mitigate um, over the last, you know, or, over the next couple of months. Well, well, then that gets pushed out. Right. And that's
0: actually the story of 2021. Guy, wh- what are you doing with your thing, man? It's I'm not really, doing any, I'm anything. I'm literally not doing anything. If I could take are. a picture, I'm sitting here talking into a phone with my reading glasses. I mean, but
1: that, so that's the story of 2021, right? Is that, you know, we were supposed to be, the vaccines were supposed to roll out, the global economy was expected to reflate, we're going to get back to the office, get back to normal, uh, and then Delta, right? And then we saw what happened to kind of Q3 GDP and then, again, in the fall it felt like it was all systems go uh, and then we had Omicron, uh, you know, and then Q4 gets clipped, Q1 is getting clipped here and I think, you know, if we just have these little mini events that we're never going to get or maintain that like plus three or 4% GDP that people think is going to happen in 2022. And then we go back to the whole idea of, um, you know, growth goes back to where it was pre pandemic, or it just kind of is on its way back towards that 2.2% average of GDP, um, you know, average of the 10 years prior to the pandemic. But maybe, but maybe a lot of these, and you've been saying this, wage increases stick. Um, some of this other stuff, as it relates to the dislocation in the energy market, those input costs stay high. And, and maybe that's like what happens in 2022. And that would be bad for stocks.
0: I agree. And what we haven't even brought up is the fact that you know every time we get these economic numbers, it's it reinforces my belief that you know, you have a Federal Reserve that is a done and about face. And regardless of what happens in the market within reason and regardless of what happens geopolitically within reason, they're going to continue the course that they're on. And, you know, again, I say this, it's important to say it, but there's that mantra, the David Tepper mantra that, you know, when the Fed is easing and adding liquidity, if you're bearish, you are effectively fighting the Fed. Why would you want to do that? Well, if that stands true, under those circumstances, it stands to reason that when the Fed's doing an about face, if you're bullish now, you're effectively fighting the Fed. And you can't have it both ways. So, you know, the the the, the game the game has changed, I think, at least for the foreseeable future. And I think we still in this we're still in this paradigm where Rallies need to be sold as opposed to dips needing to be bought. Just my opinion, Dan.
1: Yeah, I would say that you know, yesterday's price action made sense given what happened on Friday. But the fact that they really weren't able to make back all the losses from Friday um was kind of troubling. Um, I would say that a lot of the single name volatility that we're seeing today is really bad right so like i don't really give a shit about this company called upstart that's up 30% i don't even know what they do um you know i guess that's the name where you remember that the guy went on tv uh, recommending it a few a few months ago when the stock was literally like north of 300 and you didn't know what they did um but that stock's up 30% what i think is more interesting in the, in almost the same space or some sort of fintechy sort of thing is, Toast is down 17%. I'm seeing Roblox down 25%. I will tell you that was the R in my AARP trade um, that I introduced on Fast Money at the end of last year. That didn't work out well. That well, is an homage so to you. I did have A- Amazon and Airbnb as the two A's, and those are doing okay here right now. But, um, you know, so, so some of that, you know, Shopify, this is one, you and I were talking about this earlier. This stock is at 730. I'm just going to say something here, people. This is down a thousand dollars. We don't usually quote in points here, but I just said it's trading at $730. It is down a thousand dollars since its highs, all-time highs in November. Talk to me about that guy.
0: (laughs) It's remarkable. If you think about it, and it's still a hundred billion. It's still a hundred billion dollar company, Dan, Nathan. So where can it go? If you really want to get into it, well, it can go down, down basically to five hundred and fifty dollars, which was the all-time high before everything crashed in February, March of twenty twenty. And again, you can make an argument, oh, maybe the fundamentals, but th- you know these stocks just went up regardless. Um, in terms of valuation, nobody cared, and now everybody seems to care. And you see how precipitous this drop has been. I mean, you just said it, Dan. It's down one thousand dollars since November nineteenth. It's a pretty significant move. And I'm glad you brought up Upstart, because that dipshit, and so I hope he's actually on this uh, Twitter spaces. The guy that went out with, I think, Tyler Matheson, and he, he was in yeah. the, the whole meme shit, and he's all upside so I love Upstart here. And Tyler said, well, what do they do? And he said something like, well, I, well, I can't hear you. My the, the signal's breaking up. I wish he just said, I have no effing idea what they do, but I think the stock is going higher. At least it would have been honest. But that's so that is so endemic of what's been going on now, literally for the last two years. And that infuriated me. I can't even tell you. How much and to the point where I had to go into my garage and beat the shit out of the heavy bag. Back to you. Real, I did
1: not know you had a heavy bag. Yeah. Have you ever had to do that about anything related to me or not? no? Absolutely. So not. you know the one thing I'll say, guy, is that this company though, like you know when he when that guy was trying to talk about it but didn't know what the fu- you know what the hell he was talking about, um, you know down where it is right now, down from three nineteen to one forty three. Granted, it was like one ten yesterday. Um, you know, I'd say it, it trades about. 9 times sales guy it is a profitable company they're expected to do over a billion dollars in sales this year and you know more than 200 million in net income and you know for, uh, you know price to earnings fine it's a little expensive but it is a gross stock and, and you know some of these things are getting to points where they might make a lot of sense and i think that's probably what's going on here i'm sure there's a, a heck of a lot of short interest I and mean, we have a stock that came down that far it, it doesn't take too much uh, of good news to get a, a short squeeze going Um, You know, Shopify is still trading at 15 times sales. I I would say that's maybe a bit expensive for a company that has, you know, a $95 billion market cap and where their sales are decelerating. Um, There was one, though, I really want to focus on this one because Joe Wiesenthal had from Bloomberg, who I, I like a lot and I think he's a great follow and he's got a lot of smart stuff. He posted a chart this morning, um and, and I think like he's in this um this cabal they like to, to say chart fouls or, or you know what I mean? Like chart cabal. Crimes. That's such a great yeah.
0: word, but it's a good word. Cabal. It seems
1: it seems more devious than I meant it to be, so I don't mean to Make it sound like that but it was um one of the hotel chains. It was like marriott or hilton um over the last two years and how they're kind of met you know zoom you know was just took off right upper left uh, bottom right that was upper left bottom you know it was a, the opposite way but they met in the middle here and when you look at a zoom it's a great company i've used i've been on three zooms already today um i don't know how much i pay probably not a whole heck of a lot um and i'm in an office where it's starting to populate uh, a bit more but i think people are gonna be using it for a while. Look at where that thing could go. If you go back to 2019 or early 2020 when it broke out above 100, and that was the prior high from 2019. I mean, this stock's going back to 100. So if you're like like think that this is going to be, um, you know, like here to stay, and 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 I do. I just think it's going to be uh, part of a broader platform. It's going to be a feature. It's not it's probably going to be a standalone company. Um, but this stock, you, you have 30% more downside, probably. You know, I mean, and that's the lesson that I took away, guy. From
0: Dan must be getting a phone call. See, he makes fun of me. And meanwhile, I'm the one that figures this shit out or we lost Dan or something happened. Let me just say this about Marriott. I don't think, well, I don't think. Marriott is making a new all-time high today. Let me repeat, Dan, Nathan. Marriott, symbol, M-A-R, is making a new all-time high today. Just think about that for a second. and, And I will tell you, At $181 is where it's trading right now. The prior all-time high before the pandemic was about $150. So think about where that stock is in relation to where it was before the pandemic started. It's remarkable, which is why Airbnb is your A along with um, Amazon and your ARP. It It also happens to be my A. In my dawn trade yeah yeah back.
1: well i mean I,
0: i'll just say this though it's
1: like i'm not <clears throat> dying to buy it. even the stories that that you like here the, the you know like uh uh you you like the expedia and the live nation and some of these things that you know obviously if we you know here's another thing i keep hearing um everyone is really willing to do this again they're saying the pandemic is over now that we're having a lot of the restrictions finally really being pulled back i think you know, Omicron having burned through, you know, a large part of this planet, people feel pretty comfortable with that. I will say is that we felt that comfortable back in September and October. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like it was over. Um, But I I guess what's not over to me, and this, I got cut off before, is that, you know, the lessons that I learned from the financial crisis and then the dot-com implosion was that when you think things have just gotten, you know, too bad, you know what I mean? So bad it's good, or they can't go any lower, they go lower, you know what I mean? And, and, Mm -hmm. and, And those points on the charts... You know, I just mentioned that one in Zoom that you know all-time high in 2019, the breakout level in 2020, this move from 100 to nearly 500 and then back to 140. There's no reason why that shouldn't round trip. And you could say, well, it's so cheap or it's gotten cheaper, this and that, whatever. Well, cheap gets cheaper, and just like it overshot to the upside, way overshot to the upside, it did to the downside. I I guess the other thing I'd just say, guys, like. You know, we've been harping on this for months and months and months. But, you know, it is that that very – the deceleration is the thing. You know what I mean? You could say, well, they're still growing at 30% revenues, and they still have 80% margins, and they still have this. But what is what is the rate of change? How much are they decelerating? And that's what's going on with, like, the Shopify. That's the other lesson, you know what I mean, that in, in Roblox and stuff that, that we've learned over time. People just forget them, you know? I mean, I, I – What's
0: I, interesting – it's important you said this, and I'm not looking to get too – stock 101 shit here but you say sometimes stocks do get cheaper in terms of the absolute price in roblox is obviously cheaper in terms of price than it was but sometimes stocks go lower and they're actually more expensive than they were when they started in terms of an earnings release and stuff so i think sometimes people confuse cheap price with a cheap stock and i will tell you because we've been doing this for a long time sometimes the lower stocks go literally the more expensive they get on valuation uh just something to keep in mind but i wanted to you brought up Expedia, so i might as well bring it up another new all-time high t- t- today dan 217 and change of course that was the e and the hope trade of 2021 back to you
1: all right let's talk about nvidia here because this one to yes,
0: me right,
1: this this one to me okay they report after the close today i think the options market is implying like an eight percent eight and a half percent move in either direction yesterday the stock was up nine percent stock is down twelve and a half percent in the year it's down from 346 to 257 from its highs in late november and this is one to me you know with a 643 billion forty-three billion dollar market cap you know i've never seen first of all There's never been a semiconductor company that has had a market cap like that, I don't think. I think maybe Taiwan Semi is a bit below that, but Intel never has. Uh, AMD obviously certainly has not, Qualcomm has not. So when, when you look at this company, and, and, you know, every fucking buzzword over whoa, the last whoa. Ten, over the last 10 years, you know what I mean? Like this company, you know, the stock has had these like kind of rips, you know what I mean? Whether it was crypto mining and five years ago and AR and VR and autonomy. I mean, the list goes on and on data center and gaming and you know, all this shit. Right. And so I look at this stock and I say to myself, listen, great company, great products, great management, you know, that sort of thing. But like, this is not on the company or any, this is on investors. This stock trades at twenty four times sales. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard. I mean, I don't know if there's ever been a semiconductor company, you know, north of fifty billion dollars in market cap that's had a price to sales like that twenty times next year, fifty times earnings. So if this company. If, if they were to guide lower, I mean, this stock is dead. This stock's going like straight to $200. I mean, well, I'm just curious. Who lower, take on
0: that's, that. You're right about that. If, if there's some sort of Fugazi <laughs> guide, as they say, that's going to be a problem. I will tell you, Dan, that the first stop should be about $225, which was a prior all time high way back in September of last year, if you want to go back and, and take a look. So I'll say that. But to your point about being expensive, if stock trades at 49 times next year's numbers, you probably do have 25% EPS growth. But if you don't see the commensurate revenue growth, to your point, that's going to be a problem, I think. So, two twenty five is sort of where i 'm looking at here, and we talked about it a number of times over the last week, week and a half. I think we did it on market call if i 'm not mistaken
1: yeah, we did guy last night at five o 'clock we 're going to do market call again tonight at five o 'clock. You can find it at mkt call on Twitter. You can find it at Guy. In my twitters, um, it's going to be broadcast on Twitter, on YouTube live, and of course, our friends at Open Exchange. So check that out. I mean, I would just say this: is like when you look at that, like price to sales and the PE, and you look at that revenue growth, that's great, but it's not a software company i mean this is a, this is a company that's got you know 67% gross margins which is fantastic um but you know normally you'd look at a company like that with a price to sales like that with a sort of growth that you'd be okay paying you know that that multiple of sales that would have north of 80% gross margins i mean that's just um my two cents let's talk about um you know you said this to me earlier guy we're looking at a bunch of these big names that are, or, you know, a lot of these names that are reacting very negatively to earnings. And you're like, why is, why is the P like, why, you know, why is it right that's, here? Like, why is it? In-
0: that's the rub Dan, Nathan, that's exactly today. it. All these great, all, <laughs> well, not all these terrible releases, all these stocks that have crashed. And I'm not, I'm not just throwing that word out there. I mean, there are dozens and dozens of stocks that have absolutely crashed in a technical definition. And you have an S&P 500 that at 4440 or thereabouts, you know, it's only eight and a half, nine percent ish from that all time high we made seemingly just a few weeks ago. It's pretty remarkable to me because just given all the things that I'm seeing out there, we should be significantly lower. And when I say significantly lower, I mean another 10 percent or so from where we are now. But we're not. Price is truth, as they say. But You know, I hate that expression. I absolutely hate that expression. I know you do. But let me tell you this, Dan, one thing that has caught my eye. Now, it's up small today, but we mentioned it yesterday on the market call as well. I think if you have nothing up on your screen but uh, this, put the HYG up. That's the iShares High Yield Corporate Bond Mm. ETF. Which really doesn't trade in that big of a range, um, but it's beginning to roll over in what I think is a pretty meaningful way. And I think that's something really important to look at if you want to get the health or the potential health of the credit markets. By the way, I think those numb nuts at the Fed, uh, HYG was one of the things that they bought <coughs> as well, which makes zero sense. But there you go.
1: Yeah. I mean, just the optics of kind of maintaining that. The I optics mean, those
0: what- are awful. The optics are awful, but that's where another fall. Well, you and I, kinda, we, we spoke about this a little
1: bit too. I think it's interesting when you think about, um, you know, so you've had this huge, you know, this rapid rise in rates. The two years gone from what, like 50 bips to 1.5% in just a matter of months, um, 10 year has gone up, what, you know, one and a half to 2%. It hasn't been 2% since, you know, mid-2019. And one of the things that you and I were saying is like, well, just look at the Russell 2000 and just look at the relative underperformance there. And you say to yourself, okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, to me, you know, the underperformance in the Russell small caps, and you look at what's going on, at least as, as far as the HYG, you'd say to yourself, okay, there's really fears that there's going to be like, you know, we're going to see credit spreads widen here. We're going to see maybe the Fed hiking into a lower uh, rate environment. We're going to see for the first time in a while, you know, more delinquencies. And that was the one thing I think from the pandemic is really interesting is that all the monetary stimulus and all that fiscal stimulus, I mean, what they're really trying to do is avoid a credit situation like we had in the financial crisis, right? And they did for all intents and purposes. But I guess your point is, is like, you know, what are the unintended consequences?
0: At what cost? Exactly right, Dan. At what cost? Because I'll tell you the only thing that really... I mean, you can't do the counterfactual, and I'm not looking to do it, but the wealth gap in this country continues to widen. It's never been greater, and I put it mostly, not solely, but mostly at the foot of central bankers, specifically our Federal Reserve. And they can say all they want, but they've created this. And now to hear them collectively backtrack and some of the bullshit that comes out of their mouth, it's really insulting. Not that I would make some great— beneficial i wouldn't i'm not smart enough nor humorless enough to be one of those guys or gals but what i'll tell you is they somehow think they can control things and now they've lost control by the way you mentioned the iwm if you're looking for a level of ultimate support dan it comes in the form of about 170 which was again effectively the high in february of 2020 before things cratered and the prior high in august late august early september of 2018. And I happen to think we're going there.
1: You know, yesterday, Guy, when we were talking about crude coming off, I think at its lows, it was down like 4% or something like that. It was interesting that oil service stocks, OIH, and then the large integrators XLE, um, you know, the stocks opened lower. They were probably, or those ETFs were all down 3%. The stocks obviously down commensurate. Uh, but They rallied and they closed near the the highs. I think the OIH actually closed up on the day. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that these stocks kind of raging, and I thought that was pretty interesting action. You know, relative to the underlying commodity. So, is that telling you at least the oil market or energy stocks? You know, is it telling you that we're not done? This is going back to the kind of geopolitical things. You know, you mentioned China, Taiwan. There's also Iran. You know, there's like a lot of things going on. That being said, I'm not going to backtrack from what I said, you know, 15 minutes ago that, you know, normally when we can identify those geopolitical events, they're just not the sort of market moving events that you expect when a thing actually
0: happens. No, that's fair. and I. But I also think that the reason why all have been rallying is this... All this geopolitical stuff is just sort of the final piece to that puzzle. I mean, this was moving long before and but for and you don't have to make a but for joke, but but for the uh, Omicron announcement the day after Thanksgiving and the subsequent SPR release, I think the trajectory of crude oil would have been lower left to upper right. We obviously saw a huge move from 85 to 61 in the late fall. But here we are. And you mentioned the OIH. I actually think we've now broken out. I got to be true to my word. You know, I thought it closed above 240. We'd be off to the races. Well, we finally got that close. It's two fifty ish today. And I think you can make a you can make a I think you make a decent argument that you can get somewhere between two seventy-five and two eighty on this thing and still have some room. So and look at the by the way, look at the two of the bigger names that comprise that comprise this, Halbert and Slumberger, both up huge today, finally starting to catch up to the underlying commodity. And it's something we've said for a while. As a matter of fact, I think at the end of the year last year. Schlumberger was one of those names that I had talked about as being a potential breakout name for 2022, Dan. Nathan.
1: You really did. It was one of, it was one of your names. What about one of gold? the few
0: things that I got right. That, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. That, uh, you know, no, never, no, said no that. it's fair. It is fair.
1: So I have a, I have a wager with Danny Moses. Um, Demo. When, when gold was trading what about 1800. Um, it was, because he, 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 he's, hundred he's, he said 19, 1900 before 1700 it's back very near those highs from november um is it building a base is it trying to build ahead of steam is it got am i going to lose more money to danny moses well i
0: don't want to say that dan because i don't want to say that but you know you do know that i've believed, co- <laughs> incorrectly by the way but i thought gold's going to break out for a while now we amanda diaz our crack producer will put up that chart where you see the pennant formation that is um continuing to narrow in the gold market and i think it's going to culminate with gold breaking out to the upside i've thought that for a while again it hasn't happened but what i'll tell you is you know on a day when not a lot's going on you see a new mining having a decent day to the upside again to your point about gold so i think there's something brewing there dan nathan and you know everything lines up for gold right now
1: yeah i i guess the point is is if if it's an inflation hedge a store of value all those sorts of things you know, I, I know that, obviously, Bitcoin has been a lot more volatile, but, you know, just off of the recent lows, Bitcoin's rallied 30%, and this thing has basically rallied. Well, I, know, H- I, it I just, know. It just
0: seems like such a boring
1: trade to me, and it doesn't do the thing that you think it's going to do um, ever. Well,
0: I mean, think about how old I am, and think, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty boring dude. Yeah. I mean, for example... Last night, I got jazzed because the frigging Rangers, were, as I mentioned, first yeah. time in two weeks, and I was locked into that effing game. I thought it was great. Hi, Chris more hey. by the way. You should talk more hockey, less baseball. And, you know, I know we, you don't want to do this right now, nope. Dan, but I will don't. mention there are a lot of Met fans out there, and do you think I feel sorry for you because there's a lockout? No. And by the time Max Scherzer pitches again, he's going to be 40 years old. Back to you.
1: Let's talk about Tesla here. you know we we talked yes, about a lot we yes. talked about
0: a lot of market leaders that
1: have kind of given up a little bit here. And this one, you know, is clearly a market leader. It's got a nine hundred billion dollar market cap, which was, $400 billion dollars, maybe 13 months ago. Um, the stock was trading, um, what was the highs? 12.75 or something like that?
0: 12.43.
1: Uh, 12.43. <laughs> That's my memory, by I know, I know you do that. I know you do that. You know, this thing um, really feels heavy, um, but for whatever reason, you know, it just, I, I don't know why we're not seeing this thing back towards $700. And, and, and again, you know, you guys can go out and you get hate. <laughs> Um, they delivered a, a million cars. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing, given all the bullshit that, that the investors have had to put up with over their, um, you know, the projections about what they were going to do and what they actually did. But to me, if we're if we're re-rating things and we're, we're you know, we're just in a n- new paradigm, as you say, guys, it relates to valuation and stuff. There's just there's just no way this stock deserves a trade where it does.
0: I agree with that. And this nine hundred level, as we've mentioned a number of times, has sort of been a pivot. This was a prior all time high going way back to early twenty twenty one. And we thought when the stock got north of eleven hundred um, late last year, I thought we would do a back and fill down to, and that's what happened. And now we've sort of vacillated. I do think you're right, Dan. You know, I think this is one that if the broader market were to break down the way I think it will, Tesla's gonna it's not gonna be spared. And if you're looking for a level, I, I mean, I, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, this thing can get all the way back down to, I think, 700, 750, uh, and still be in a pretty significant uptrend. So I think you're right about Tesla. And maybe that's one of the final uh, shoes to drop as well.
1: True to All right, last last thing, and and we'll we'll get out of here. Um, we're going to
0: 5,000?
1: We're going to start to get some earnings from retailers, and, and we've seen some weakening consumer confidence data last week, and I got to tell you, one of the names that I'm really focused on, um, well, Walmart is one. Walmart just broke down, basically. It, 135.4-ish had been support for a better part of the last, I, I want to say, 10 months or so, and the other one is Home Depot, and, and Home Depot, to me, is is interesting because it broke out, in October, it was in this kind of long, you know, from the spring, summer into the fall, into this consolidation and about 345, 350 or so, it broke out, it went to 420. I mean like literally in a month and a half and now it's just retraced that whole move and it really feels like it's threatening, not only that January low, but the January low, it held almost to the penny uh, Mm -hmm. to the breakout level. And I feel like, man, if any of these retailers that people, you know, kind of felt pretty good about because of consumer balance sheets and just kind of like, you know, whatever the fucking inflation trade, whatever the bullshit, like you know, green shoots, whatever, um, it it really feels like that that's really. Poor guidance from some of these retailers. No, can, so can you're looking thing.
0: for a level. So your your levels are spot on because this 340-ish, we're well, really trading 346. So it's so a 341 level was a prior all-time high. You go back to the spring of last year. I think it was May 10th yeah. or so of last year. So this should theoretically be huge support. I think they report Home Depot on the 22nd, and it's never been of February. It's never been a cheap stock, and I think one of the reasons. It's coming off like it is because now people are concerned valuation-wise. I think you're smart to mention Walmart without question, seemingly can't get out of its own way, which is pretty remarkable. Stock has just been rolling over. And even names that have made sense and names that I've liked. But look at Dollar General. Look at those huge double tops. Amanda Diaz is going to put a chart up of Dollar Gen. You go back to August of last year, I think the stock was $240 or so. Then you go back to January, I think, 7th of this year, 240, broke those double tops held, broke down. And now you're looking at a stock that I had loved that can potentially test all the way down to 175, which was the March 2021 low. So yeah. a lot of these retailers are just broken. Dan. Look at this.
1: Look at talk about broken. I mean, Best Buy broke in November. Remember that guidance that they gave? And that stock was trading 105 and went like in a straight line, literally in a straight line to like 145 in, in October and November. And then it came crashing down. So from 52 week highs to 52 week lows in a matter of weeks in a range that was, you know, I don't know, down 40% or something, you know, that thing, I know you like Dick's, but this one is down 5% today. It feels like a lot of these big box, um, the stories are kind of done here, um, in the near term, but I don't know, in general, I think that's going to be probably the most important single stock group, you know, that when we get by NVIDIA tonight. So, um, I don't know. The, All one, right, thing, we'll, the one encouraging yeah.
0: thing, not that I'm, I hate to say, I, I, I never, that expression, Debbie Downer. I mean, that's just a, is it Debbie Downer because it's, you know, you can't say like Louise Downer cause it doesn't make sense. No. Like gotta put, it's a dopey thing to say. Yeah. But I don't want to be a Debbie downer. But what I will say, if you want something encouraging right now, Dan, Nathan, it's the fact that the VIX is only up about 1% or thereabouts on a day where historically it might be up a little bit more. So take that with a grain of salt, as they say, Dan.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see if there's any headlines that suggest, again, more to your detente sort of situation. And I will say that if the bounces become smaller and smaller, you know, we had... A very solid 2% one yesterday. And now we're, you know, I don't know. I, I really feel like we're kind of in a one step forward, two steps back sort of market here. And, um, you know, it just doesn't make sense, I think, to kind of, you know, uh, so let, 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 let's really focus on the things that the market's telling us right now. And what I mean, what, the, what it's telling me is that. Um, it, <laughs> Valuations are just they don't make a lot of sense for an interest rate environment that we haven't been in in a very long time, and you know, the one thing I would say, guy, and I know we can leave it on this, I guess. As it relates to the Fed. I mean, if you do get your 10% lower in the S and P 500, and you know this could happen before the Fed meeting in March. I mean, think about it. We're a month away from that. You know, I think it was a March 18th well, or something like that. I know like what that. you're
0: about to say. If they backtrack because the market sells off, yeah. they're a bunch of cowards, and I will use that word on this broadcast, on our on our podcast, and I'll use it on Fast Money because it's factually true. They should not be slave to the market, which they've been for years. They should divorce themselves of that the same way that Mr. Gorman from Morgan Stanley said they should three or four months ago. That's true. Well,
1: maybe, you know what, Guy, if they obviously if they get a bit more dovish prior to that meeting because the stock market is down and not for, let's say, a great reason, because there's like some big war in Eastern Europe or something like that. I think it'd be time for you to kind of dust off your op ed pen and and really write like I'll an open letter, letter write, write an open letter to Jerome Powell. I will tell you this. You don't listen to it. I know that, you know, obviously our company produces it, and I'm uh, one of the co-hosts, but OK Computer, a podcast that um, we launched a couple months ago. I had Rick Heitzman of First Mark Capital and Melton Demers of CoinShares on yesterday. We talked a little Fed. We talked a little bit about the interest rate environment, what it means for tech, private tech valuations and crypto, because obviously Melton's very involved there. You got to listen to that one. She was on
0: fire guy domi all right what do they call that when you're on fire what do they say you're they call you
1: being on fire they're a fire yeah. emoji you know all right listen this was a lot of fun we really appreciate you all bringing your
0: voices back for all you big kind of fans i'm sorry i think today was supposed to be first day of pitchers and catchers or yesterday clearly that's not going to happen and in some perverse way i take some glee in knowing that met fans are chomping at the bit for a season that might not come to fruition I know that's twisted, but that's, what can it, I tell you?
1: It's twisted because you're not going to be able to watch your Yankees. Um, all right, listen, this was Trading Spaces. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Check out OK Computer. It's in a podcast store, dropped today. It was awesome. We also had the CEO founder of Helium, which is a decentralized wireless network, which, guy, you know that I have been a miner of Helium tokens for the last couple years or so. I've really enjoyed that. And then we're going to have... Uh, On the tape drop on Friday morning with our good friend Danny Moses. So check that out. Thanks to CME for sponsoring the spaces. Guy, thank you, buddy.